Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to Lunch Agenda, broadcasting and recording live at Full Service Radio in the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Alexia Brown, and I have the awesome opportunity to fill in for Kiko as a guest host this summer. So thank you to all of my friends, old and new, who have tuned in and shared the podcast so far. So about Lunch Agenda. Lunch Agenda is a podcast that schools you on undercover parts of the food system that you should know more about. This show has touched on topics from food access, food distribution, and how to educate about food. You can find all those previous episodes on your favorite podcast apps. And so this summer, I'll be bringing in guests who I think are doing some fantastic work in addressing food equity issues in the D.C. area while applying my understanding of community health principles and practice. So in the last episode, I talked with Alex and Angelo, who both worked for D.C. Central Kitchen, which is a 30-year organization that hosts a variety of programs to devise solutions to hunger and poverty through not only providing access to healthy food, but helping residents of Ward 7 and 8 access meaningful job training, particularly in the culinary arts. So a big theme in the last episode centered around youth. And when I asked why D.C. Central Kitchen had so many programs that targeted the youth, Alex said that intergenerational bonds and empowering young people are powerful vehicles for solving community issues, especially in food. And that takeaway lines up perfectly with the conversation for today's episode. So all across the United States, chapters of the Food Recovery Network utilize student organizing power to recover perishable foods from dining service programs on college campuses and then redirects that food to people in the community who need it. So not only does Food Recovery Network fight hunger, but it provides an amazing, empowering opportunity to fight food waste as well. So since its founding in 2011, Food Recovery Network is now working its way to 250 chapters nationwide. But what I'm most proud of is that the first Food Recovery Network chapter started locally at my current school, the University of Maryland in College Park. So I'm energized by student organization and and activism, which is why I'm excited for this conversation. So I'm joined by Yushu Shi, current president of the University of Maryland Food Recovery Network chapter, here to share more information about the work this organization does and for the surrounding community. So Yushu, hey. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for making it over here to Adams Morgan. Yeah, of course. Awesome. So introduce yourself. Like, what is your major, your year classification, um, and then how you got involved with the Food Recovery Network? Okay, great. So I'm currently, or I will be a senior microbiology major at the University of Maryland College Park. Um, and I have a focus in pre-med, actually. So I want to eventually go to medical school. Mm -hmm. Um, But how I first got involved was actually a pretty standard story. Um, As a freshman, I had first heard about a food recovery network from a friend who was actually working as a recovery leader to help recover and facilitate um, the recovery of food. And so the next year, I signed up as a recovery leader um, to help lead volunteers in recovering food. And I loved it so much. I saw 
how I could have a direct impact on the local community, and I decided to return as an exec board member, and now, a couple years later, uh, I got to take on the role of president, which I'm really, really excited about. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really large organization. It is, yeah. People really care about the Food Recovery Network, and I want to ask you a a couple of questions later into the interview about what it means to lead an organization that big, Mm -hmm. um, because I think that's an awesome opportunity. Um, So tell us about Food Recovery Network. Um, First, just how it works, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like you said, we have many, many chapters nationwide at this point, but Each school that has a chapter kind of works a little bit differently, so I won't speak on what every single school does, but I can outline for you the day-to-day of what we do here. Um, So every weeknight, we recover leftover food from at least one of our three university dining halls um, and catering kitchens, and we bring that food to a local uh, church, uh, the Christian Life Center, which is actually a distribution center that takes this food and redistributes it to various food access organizations, um, such as Meals on Wheels in the local D.C. metropolitan area. And so um, currently we're also trying to uh, recover food from the university football and basketball games in the upcoming year Mm -hmm. so that we'll have some food for these organizations as well on weekends. Yeah. That's awesome. The food yeah. there is uh, games is really expensive, and I yeah, can't imagine they sell a lot of food. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because uh, we so we didn't do uh, sports recovery games last year. Mm-hmm. But when I was first a recovery leader, I was actually recovering from these sports games, and there's a tremendous amount of food, especially from football games, and a lot of it is crazy, like expensive and nice. Like they have humongous crab pretzels. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of other stuff that would just be going to waste if we weren't recovering it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then thinking about Food Recovery Network, it eventually turned into a nationwide nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know if there are students who are also leading at that level? So um, primarily what so we call the national organization Food Recovery National. And so they oversee all of the chapters and all of the operations um, and they kind of do everything that's not the day-to-day of each individual chapter. Um, And so most of that is done by adults who are working in the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe that there are some student representatives who also come in and bring in their perspectives and kind of give perspective on the day-to-day so that um, these um, other people can kind of oversee the overall agenda i guess sure. of the organization mm-hmm. yeah awesome and then what opportunities from the national are afforded to uh, students who are involved at their local chapter um so it's really cool actually because each spring food recovery network hosts a lot of regional summits in various locations mm-hmm. throughout the united states um, and at these summits depending on which one you go to and in which location there's a lot of leaders and experts who come to speak on how like a bunch of different food uh, topics, such as how to decrease food waste or Mm -hmm. to be more sustainable. Um, And it's also a way for a lot of local FRN chapters to get together and speak about their experiences on and ways on how they can improve as well. Um, And there's usually one hosted at UMD every year Mm -hmm. because UMD is the founding chapter. And so it's really cool. Last spring we actually hosted it um, and it was great 
getting to like interact with all of these mm-hmm. uh, FRN chapters mm-hmm. and hearing about their struggles and what they've done to overcome their struggles as well. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you if you had ever been able to like attend a conference, but that makes sense that UMD is hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is like a valuable takeaway that you had from one of the conferences you attended? Um, so one of our biggest problems last year was that um, basically we had been relying on DOTS, which is our um the Department of Transportation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the transportation service at UMD, but they had been basically giving us buses for free that we were using to transport that food. Mm-hmm. And so uh, last year, DOTS had their budget suffered a, a big cut, and so they weren't able to keep providing us with free transportation. Wow. And so we had to kind of find a way to... Um, deal with that and that was a really big problem for us in the beginning of the year because all this time we had been uh, relying on dots Mm -hmm. for that and so um, speaking with a bunch of these other organizations or chapters who had never had this luxury um, we definitely learned a lot we took away a lot on how they recruit just like volunteers to help them drive their food Mm -hmm. so that was really really helpful yeah yeah Wow, I didn't even know that that was something that you all had faced, but um, that's so cool that you can get into a space with a bunch of other student organizers Mm -hmm. and devise some solutions Yeah, and just, you know, say we still have a job to do and we're going to do it. Yeah. I love that. Um, So could you give us a kind of a a better picture of what food waste looks like on campuses? Um, Because I don't think that it's something that we think about. And then at UMD, we have um, an anytime dining uh, mm-hmm. System. So instead of at normal schools where you could go and uh, spend meal points, yeah. um, they're basically just making food all day and yeah. you can come. And I live on campus, so I enjoy it. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. saying <laughs> that it's not great. Yeah. Uh, but basically, you can come in and enjoy the food at any point in time. So I'm also wondering if that makes a difference for um, food waste on campus. So I can't speak about how it is at other universities that obviously do a meal point system, but just attending recoveries and seeing the sheer amount of food that's Mm -hmm. left over um the main dining hall that we recover from is 251 north Mm -hmm. um and we get anywhere between like 200 to like 300 pounds of food a night from them Mm -hmm. so you can imagine that's so much food but just about food waste on college campuses in general um there's about 22 million pounds of food wasted on college campuses every year um, and the average student contributes to about uh, about 140 pounds. So that's a lot of food. Um, and that equates to about uh, 20 million meals and almost 20 million kilograms in carbon dioxide emissions. So that's, as you can imagine, that's a lot of wasted food, first of all. And that's a lot of extra carbon dioxide emissions that we're just now sure. throwing in the, the landfills. And in addition to that, there's also 41.2 million people who are living in food insecure households. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is in the areas surrounding college campuses, because a lot of college campuses, as you know, are in like big metropolitan areas. And so this is kind of how we first got started. We thought, wow, there's so much leftover food um, and there's so much food insecurity in the local D.C. area that we can definitely do something about it. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, student activism is working 
Um, and so mm-hmm. when we come back from this break, we're going to talk a little more about what is the impact of Food Recovery Network. And I also, again, want to ask you about um, what it means to be a leader in this space mm-hmm. um, and to be a leader on campus and how people can learn more. So Great. we're going to take a break now and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Lunch Agenda, broadcasting and recording live at Full Service Radio here at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Alexia Brown. I'm going to be guest hosting for the summer. I've had some really awesome conversations, but right now I'm in the middle of a conversation with a student from the University of Maryland College Park. Her name is Yushu Shi, and she's the current president of the UMD chapter of the Food Recovery Network. And so before the break, we were talking a little bit about what is food waste on campus? Why is it an issue that students are energized by and are putting energy forth with? And then what is Food Food Recovery Network? It was started at the University of Maryland, we learned. Um, And basically, it's an organization that uh, utilizes student volunteers to take the food that would otherwise be wasted from dining services and catering on campus and redirects it to people who need it within the immediate community. Did I cover that mm-hmm. correctly? Yeah, awesome. perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. So, Ayushu, uh, I want to talk about the impact of food recovery networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what are what are you all doing and what kind of impact are you making on communities? Yeah, so like you said, Food Recovery Network um, was founded in 2011 at the University of Maryland by a couple of very ambitious students. And our chapter alone just surpassed um, recovering 250,000 pounds of food wow. this year, which is a significant amount of food. For sure. Congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I believe we've probably fed around 200,000 people or mm-hmm. just provided 200,000 meals in this time, which is um, something that I'm really, really proud of. And I'm really looking forward to expanding on that number. Um, but the, organiz- the organization as a whole um, has recovered in t- up, to, up until 2018, we've recovered 3 million pounds of food. Um, which equates to about a little over 2.5 million meals. And we've reduced carbon dioxide emissions by about 2.6 million kilograms, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty significant. Um, and our summits, like we were saying, help educate people on ways that they can continue to reduce food waste and help others living with food insecurity. So not only are we directly recovering food and uh, helping with food insecurity, but we also want to educate people more so that they can spread this message and make an even bigger impact in the community. For sure. Investing in the community, but also the volunteers and providing all of that amazing training and 
chances to go to summits um those are not small numbers they're yeah like <laughs> that is absolutely incredible and only since 2011 mm-hmm. yeah every little bit counts yeah that's really great um and so you are the current president of the umd chapter first mm-hmm. chapter like very exciting i'm yeah. assuming <laughs> um and so yeah why did you step into that role um so food recovery network when i first joined um was kind of a way for me to build my resume and just to see what was or if I enjoyed being a part of it Mm. um and I remember my first recovery um when I delivered the food to our distribution distribution center I just remember how grateful they all were to be receiving that food and um it really made me feel like I was making a direct impact on my community um and previously Uh, Before I was um, a part of the Food Recovery Network, um, I previously had volunteered a lot in soup kitchens in the local D.C. area, and I knew how big of an issue food insecurity is in this area. And I really loved being able to interact with those people who came to these soup kitchens every weekend. Um, And it made me really, really happy and feel really, uh, like, gratifying to be able to help these people. And But... At the same time, talking to these people, I learned that um, despite how much of an impact their local soup kitchens made in their lives, a lot of them talked about how uh, the soup kitchens were really only open on weekends or Mm -hmm. on certain days of the week, and they weren't able to get food the rest of the week. Um, And so this kind of motivated me once I joined Food Recovery Network to keep working in food access. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we weren't really recovering food on weekends yet. So we had food um, coming out every single weekday, but we weren't able to provide food on weekends. So that's something that I've really been trying to work towards is being able to provide food to these people all days of the week Mm -hmm. instead of just Monday through Friday. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So then what does that look like? Is it, do you have to grow your volunteer base? Do you have to just like shift the expectations of your volunteers? Um, so we've actually been for- very fortunate in mm-hmm. that we always have had a lot of volunteers mm-hmm. and have had a lot of people interested in helping. Okay. Um, but the primary problem with us is, again, uh, transporting the food. Okay. We're still mm-hmm. trying to work out the little details of having not buses now, but actual volunteers driving our food. Um, and another thing is just money. Uh, mm-hmm. We stick to a very strict SGA budget. The SGA uh, gives us a certain amount of money every mm-hmm. month. Yeah, and that's the student government organization yeah. or student government association. Excuse me. Yeah, and on the on UMD's campus, they have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. All the power, all the power of the purse, essentially exactly, for yeah. um, what student organizations can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they allot us only a certain amount of money every month mm-hmm. that we use to buy our uh, alum- aluminum pans and lids that we mm-hmm. use to put our food in and so a lot of our efforts have been kind of slowed down because we only are able to buy so many Mm -hmm. uh, pans but thankfully we've been trying to fundraise we've been applying to various grants Mm -hmm. just to try to get extra money and so in the following year we're actually going to be able to recover from all those sports games that we had wanted to in the past Mm -hmm. and so I'm really really excited that we'll be able to provide more um, frequent food on the weekends as well. Yeah, that's a really great vision. I'm yeah. excited for you to Thank see how you. that gets carried out. Um, so how has your time um, given you, or I 
think I want to rephrase it. What have you gained personally and professionally from leading the organization? Um, first of all, it's just been super rewarding knowing that everything that I and all of the volunteers have been doing are making such an, a direct impact on the local community. Um, and I'm really excited to be continuing the legacy of Food Recovery Network. Um, but like I was saying, I'm really, really excited that we're going to be able to expand our efforts. Um, first, just making sure that we'll be able to cover all those sports games. And then hopefully after, I'm pres- or after I've graduated, um, future presidents will be able to ensure that we're recovering from all the diners on every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. That would be our ultimate goal. Um, and we're slowly but surely making our way there. Um, but... Honestly, I've learned so much being a part of this organization. Um, I didn't know how big of an issue food insecurity and food waste were in this community. Um, But through this organization, I've learned so much about that. Um, And just as a member of this organization, I hope to carry like all the knowledge that I've gained from this into my future career and what I choose to do. Awesome. Yeah. And then what is it that you choose to do? And um, has your time within the organization kind of impacted your postgraduate plans? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like for you? So I still plan on going to medical school. Um, you, you should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> that has not. That hasn't changed since I've joined uh, Food Recovery Network. But like I was saying, it's made me so much more aware of just the privileges that I have mm-hmm. and how I can use my privileges to help other people. Um, And it's made me aware of how many people live in food insecure households and the impact that that has on health and nutrition as Mm -hmm. well, which is obviously going to be a direct or going to be directly related to what I do as a career. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really in the next few years when I hopefully go to medical school, I hope that I'll be able to bring Uh, the efforts of Food Recovery Network to medical school as well Mm -hmm. Um, because right now we're currently focusing on undergrad uh, institutions so I hope that maybe like we'll be able to expand to graduate schools, medical schools, hospital cafeterias, just kind of expanding Mm -hmm. our scope and making sure that less food is going to waste. Sure. Yeah. Because when you look at the name Food Recovery Network, nothing Mm -hmm. about that says that it has to just stay to college campuses um, and within the power of like undergraduate students. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that that's a good vision. I like it. Yeah. I'm definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I hope Um, we can make it happen. Me too. I'm going to follow along to see all of that unfold. But if other people want to follow along with Food Recovery Network, how can they get connected? So if you want to follow along with our specific UMD chapter, we have a Facebook Facebook page. Uh, I think it's FRN at UMD, but um, just folk, uh, if you want to fo- follow along with the overall organization's journey, you can visit the website at foodrecoverynetwork.org. We have a lot of f- uh, FAQs just about the organization, how to, if you attend a university and your school doesn't have to have a chapter, how to make a chapter as well. Um, You can learn about like our summits and conferences, just a lot of really cool stuff on that website. Um, I love that website. I go on there a lot. So I hope that you'll find what you're looking for on that website. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Yushu, so much for this conversation. Learned a lot. 
And thank you, the listener, for tuning in to this episode of Lunch Agenda. Uh, You can be sure to follow this show and other shows on the Full Service Radio Network or in your favorite podcast app. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send them my way at Brown. In any other case, I will see you next time. So thank you so much. Uh